and those listening in on a not very pleasant evening. Um, welcome to the first Cabinet meeting of uh, 2017. Um, item 1, apologies for absence and declarations of interest. One apology is Councillor Barker. Chairman, Councillor Dean has sent his apologies. Okay, thank you. Minutes of the previous meeting, um, are they uh, an accurate record? Okay, thank you very much indeed. <coughs> Questions or statement, item three, from non-executive members of the council? Item four, matters referred to the executive. Five reports from audit and scrutiny committees. Those chairmen are not present. I don't know if there's anything from anybody else. Okay, thank you. Um, item six, uh, you did give an update yes, last time. Nothing further to add this time. Uh, which takes us to item seven, which is the equality scheme, and I call Councillor Wells. Yes, thank you, Chair. Um, at Cabinet last September, a draft equality scheme for consultation purposes was agreed. Um, the response was limited, but a report from that consultation was made, and a slightly revised version of that has been circulated tonight to inform consideration of whether to adopt or amend the scheme in the light of the comments made. And the recommendation is that the Council adopts the appended equality scheme for 2017 to 2021 and that the Council commits to achieving a status by April 2018. Thank you. Um, I understand there were some slight changes. Yes, it has been, I believe, been circulated tonight. Do you want just to refer to those? Um, well, they're very minor changes. Um, I think they've been highlighted, well, certainly in my copy on red, um, but in the specific actions we have put, we will provide training to our workforce, including techniques such as toolbox talks, and we've added in there, which facilitate health and safety discussions. Uh, there was a small typo in the second line. We'll, we will support tenants to cope with welfare reform. And then specific actions in the first point, we will prepare a health and wellbeing strategy by spring 2017, with elements that particularly focus on vulnerable and hard-to-reach groups. This is the addition. Hard-to-reach groups within our community, including individuals who are socially isolated and those living with dementia. Okay. And then the very last paragraph on specific actions. Um, we will develop an action plan to address issues of poor quality housing, fuel poverty and slips and falls prevention in private sectors private sector rented housing and then added in there which will tie in with our health and wellbeing strategy and then at the very, the very last point um, I think we've taken out we will monitor new tenancy sustainment strategy and report progress to the housing board right thanks that just uh, <coughs> makes that clear um, ok any comments from anybody I think the the various points have been taken into account. Yep. It's been through consultation. Um, so your recommendation is that the Council adopts the appended equality scheme with those changes that you've read out and that we commit to reaching achieving status by April 2018. 18, yep. Good. Those in favour? OK. 
carried unanimously. Thanks very much indeed. Item 8 is the enforcement review recommendations from the Scrutiny Committee. Uh, I call upon Councillor Howell. Thank you, Leader. Councillors, um, when I was appointed to look after the finance portfolio with responsibility for enforcement in 2015, um, I was determined that we as a council would play far closer attention to perhaps we have in the past to enforcement. Derek Jones was tasked with responsibility for reviewing an oversight of our enforcement function um, and he was asked to come up with a number of priorities for the council. Um, I was determined that we should seek to improve our reporting of caseloads, um, both giving greater visibility to parish councils but also to district councillors. I wanted to see an improvement in our customer service and I wanted to see a focus on improving our service delivery. And in particular, I wanted to see that uh, enforcement was embedded within each of the service areas and we looked to have a more integrated service delivery. Um, the recommendations are set out uh, on page 19 under 2, uh, which is that we update the uh, corporate customer charter. And that has an overarching uh, uh, oversight of uh, our overall approach to enforcement. But in particular, we identify enforcement <coughs> policies for a total of seven specific areas, benefits, debt recovery, development management, including building control, <coughs> environmental health, licensing, litter, and that includes fly tipping, fly posting, abandoned non-taxed vehicles, and also uh, an overarching uh, policy for our taxi and private hire operators. Now, in 2016, we took some decisions around financing this to ensure that we could deliver on this. So we put additional resources into the uh, updating our IDOC software system. And from April of this year, I hope and expect to be able to uh, see regular monthly reports published demonstrating within planning our progress on, um, on, on planning enforcement. We took the decision to ensure that enforcement, planning enforcement, was embedded within the planning department. And that was important for us to demonstrate to members of the public that we are taking planning enforcement seriously. Um, so th this, I think, helps us um, to reflect the uh, focus that we're applying to, um, to, to enforcement overall. There's a great deal of background to the situation which uh, spells out in more detail our intentions. I recognise that licensing is a somewhat discrete area because it has a, a, a legal element um, and I know that Councillor Chambers has a particular interest in this area. So while I take on board some of the comments that the scrutiny task and finish group identified, I think that licensing needs to be, uh, sorry, the licensing committee's role over looking into the private hire uh, and local taxi function needs to be perhaps operated somewhat se separately, although I'm very aware of the importance for us to embrace an improved engagement with that particular community. Um, so I'm looking forward to improved reporting on planning enforcement from the 1st of April. I'm looking forward to seeing copies of our enforcement policies for these areas. I was appreciative of the help that, uh, and input from the Scrutiny Committee and their task and finish group. I think they demonstrated an awareness of the complexity around enforcement. It's not simply a matter of saying we will enforce all things. 
Um, but nevertheless, I think they came up with some thoughtful recommendations, and I, I welcomed those. So the recommendation is as set out in front of you, uh, and within the context of the work we've done over the last two years, I think that we can say uh, that enforcement is a priority area for us, and I think it's going to become an increasingly one for us. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Howell, and um, I'm sure many residents will support what you've just iterated, um, and, and that would include um, the penultimate bullet of point two of your recommendation around litter. Um, we are getting some um, <coughs> resident feedback on that and uh, very aware of uh, what we would like to achieve and if that requires enforcement through um, some kind of um, fining activity, then that's what will happen. Okay, any other comments? No? Well, thank you very much indeed. Uh, I won't reread the recommendation uh, as laid out in paragraph two of this paper. Um, but those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. <coughs> um, item nine is Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act, Adoption of Policy, Councillor Howell. Thank you, Leader. Councillors, um, there has been tabled a slight amendment to uh, item 6.4 of the policy which is attached to this paper as an appendix, the proposed policy. I think all councillors, all members have a copy of that in front of them and I'll speak to that in a moment. Um, we currently don't have a documented policy for the use of those powers which are governed by the Regulation of Investigatory um, Powers Act, usually known as RIPPER, and I think I'm going to refer to it as RIPPER from now on in. Um, and there is a code of conduct which is published by the Home Office that deals with covert surveillance and property uh, interference. Uh, and it states that elected local authorities should have a policy, they should regularly review it. Um, uh, and it's appropriate, therefore, for us to have such a policy. So the recommendation is that we adopt the policy as appended to this report, that the Chief Executive is given powers to designate authorised officers to, for the purposes of RIPA, and that the interim head of legal services is designated the senior responsible officer with oversight of the use of RIPA. Um, there's a very useful piece of background on pages 20. Um, to 25 around this. Now, I understand from Mr. Pugh that the Office of Surveillance Commissioners uh, undertake a triennial inspe inspection of local authorities, and we may reasonably expect an inspection in 2017, and they will look to identify a number of things. Firstly, do we have a policy which has been set by elected members? Have we appropriate training and guidance for staff? Is there a designated officer? And is, the docu is there documented evidence of our compliance? So it is, it is appropriate, and, and, uh, appropriate and proper for us to be looking at this and putting it in place. Um, <clears throat> I do need to emphasise that we have not used the investigatory powers, which are regulated by RIPA, since at least 2011. Um, as an organisation, we are not the type of organisation that does the type of surveillance that is set out uh, within the policy. Um, I would also emphasise the point that is set out in uh, item 6.4 of the policy. Uh, 
which says that it is important to emphasise that the policy is not intended to discourage proportional use of investigatory methods where this is in the public interest, for example, uh, instances for ensuring public safety or investigating dishonesty. And it is important, I think, that we emphasise to uh, taxpayers that we do investigate uh, alleged fraud and benefit abuse, and we will continue to do so. Um, the powers set out here are somewhat different, uh, and it is appropriate for us to have such a policy, uh, but I, as a councillor, uh, with responsibility for finance in particular, would not wish to see uh, any um, change in our very strong and good record of investigating fraud and ensuring that public money is not abused. Um, but with that, uh, I move the recommendation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, recommendations 4, 5 and 6. Any comments? Councillor Lodge. Uh, Sorry, microphone. Sorry, yeah. In the report, um, there are a couple of areas where it still says to be confirmed. So under 15.2... Um, has that been properly thought out yet? So that, that um, this is on communications data and, and somebody has to be designated for that. I thought that maybe that ought to be complete if we're adopting this report. There's also on uh, page 41 another to be confirmed. So I just wonder whether that ought to be complete if that's being adopted. <coughs> Well, Mr Pugh tells me that this policy has been adopted by Cambridge City Council and uh, is uh, similar, uh, sorry, it is similar, somewhat similar to, to one uh, operated by Cambridge City Council and a number of other councils, but I can clear, clearly see that um, at this stage you're absolutely right, Councillor Lodge, we, we have do, do have a couple of gaps and perhaps I can invite Mr Pugh to address those. I, I, I think the answer to this is to look at recommendation uh, five, which uh, is to give the Chief Executive executive power to designate these officers so once the chief executive is designated then we can uh, fill in the gaps okay no other comments those in favor of recommendations four five and six thank you carried unanimously um, item 10 um, is the powers report and draft action plan um, you have, and we're, we're considering the action plan for the local plan resulting from uh, that uh, report, which you have seen and digested. Um, and this matter came up at Planning Policy Working Group, particularly the draft action plan. Um, and you have that in front of you as well. Um, Planning Policy Working Group uh, were content with that, but Councillor Lodge wished to add one item. Do you want to refer to that again? No, I, I was <laughs> neither. <laughs> Something else. You, I, I'll, I'll do it if you like. So, so Councillor Lodge raised the point, and, and to be fair, it, it wasn't necessarily a point raised in the PAS report, actually. Um, but nevertheless, on an action plan, you wished us to be considering um, the uh, format and way forward uh, for garden cities, that that should be working in, in parallel to uh, the other work that was going on. 
and we accepted at uh, Planning Policy Working Group that whilst the two things obviously are directly related, at the, at the same time they are actually separate work streams, and I think uh, Mr Harbour articulated that very well. Uh, so notwithstanding that point, um, we did add, it, add that on at Planning Policy Working Group, so it would need to be added on here as well. Um, apart from that, any other comments? It was a very helpful report from Powers. I think it obviously reiterated much of uh, what was already in hand and, and, and what we discussed. Uh, um, the uh, inspector from uh, Paz uh, talked with uh, quite an extensive number of members, as well, of course, as officers uh, across the party spectrum. So I think uh, it was a good dialogue and it's a helpful piece of the uh, local plan, uh, local plan um, next stage. Um, I think it would be right at uh, this stage to uh, talk, because this did come up in the um, uh, PAS report, uh, and uh, this was recommended by Planning Policy Working Group uh, on Tuesday, uh, that we add a regulation 18 preferred option um, stage of consultation. Um, and uh, this will, what we're asking tonight is that officers go away and prepare um, the process for that so that it, it will be signed off uh, at a future cabinet meeting. Uh, but in principle, Planning Policy Working Group, and I encourage you uh, to support that tonight at cabinet. Um, you'll remember that time did not permit us uh, to have a um, preferred option stage of consultation in the last plan, uh, but the situation has uh, changed in the sense that the threat of um, financial penalty and uh, also that uh, the, the, the job might be done for us um, has lifted um, uh, only temporarily uh, until uh, March 2018, uh, but nevertheless uh, it does uh, give us uh, a degree of um, opportunity to include, include this stage of consultation. As we discussed at Planning Policy Working Group, we should bear in mind that it will take uh, between two and three months to do the consultation, to digest the consultation and then to respond to the consultation. So. Um, it's not something that you undertake lightly, um, but we believe we have the opportunity uh, and obviously always wanted to have that extra degree of consultation. And there was uniformity around support for that, so hopefully Cabinet will be comfortable as well. Yep, I'm getting nods. Is there anything you want to add to that? Okay, so... Um, I think uh, we are considering the action plan and um, adding our approval to uh, Planning Policy Working Group to that action plan uh, with a comment about uh, also looking at a work stream on um, um, garden developments and noting uh, that we are uh, starting the process for a Regulation 18 preferred option consultation. Councillor Redfern. Can I, can I just ask a question on the... Um action plan. So it's got here um, point um, 7 and 8. Both refer to the duty to cooperate and that um, they should have a specific section on Braintree duty to cooperate. So presumably is that because of a joint action between Braintree and Uttlesford whereas actually the other duty to cooperate don't have that? Yes, I think, um, I mean we've 
we've got to sort of duty to cooperate all around our district. I think the Schmar uh, area we do tend to take as one. Uh, I'm looking to Mr. Harbour now for make sure I've got this right, but we do tend to look at the Schmar area as sort of one duty to cooperate. Clearly, we've got our northern border with Cambridge, which um, was a point of some discussion and clearly we've got to be very clear about the duty to cooperate there and um, one of the options um, is uh, for a joint development with Braintree so clearly uh, that's not covered by the Shamar area so that is also a duty to cooperate area. Would that be a fair summary Mr Harper? Yes, I, th I think you both put your finger on the respective points. Councillor Redfern is absolutely right that um, the specific reference to Braintree is because it's the only example where there's a cross-boundary site. <clears throat> um, but obviously we need to have um, a, an agreed understanding with our partner authorities wherever there are other cross-boundary issues, which will typically be uh, journey to workflows, for example, um, <clears throat> and, and, and other transport interactions. So uh, in respect to the South Cams, it will need to be an integrated um, understanding with not just South Cams, but also in particular with Cambridgeshire County Council, um, Highways England possibly as well, uh, and Cambridge City Council may want to be a party to it as, uh, as well. Right, thank you very much. Just one other thing to inform Cabinet, um, as part of the... Um, recommendations to come out of the PPWG. It was, uh, we, we, we looked again at the terms of reference for PPWG and, and, and those were signed off. But in addition, um, the group uh, wanted to create what has been termed the leaders, not the single leader, there's an apostrophe at the S after that, the leaders uh, plan meeting. So that covers the uh, three um, parties and um, I will be joined by uh, Councillor Barker, the portfolio holder. So um, four will meet, and, and we've started off weekly. If we don't need to meet weekly, then we'll make it fortnightly, but we'll start weekly um, uh, meeting with officers um, to just ensure, not to make decisions, strictly not to make decisions, because, um, well, A, we're not empowered to do that anyway constitutionally, but that would be wholly inappropriate, uh, but just to satisfy um, that the, the whole aspect of the process um, is working as we would want it to. So, for example, the leaders might have had an input into the agenda for Feb the 1st. It will, it, it, it will be calling for what it might want on the agenda for the next PPWG, but always taking everything back to PPWG so that there is a, there's a full transparency and a full involvement. And actually, we're starting to meet uh, tomorrow at 12.30. Uh, unfortunately, Councillor Dean can't make that meeting, but... Um, Substitutes are, are, are possible. We said uh, that was part of the equation. Um, and we're, uh, we're meeting with Mr. Glenday. So we're, we're underway with that. And I, I think, again, it will, it, will, it, it will focus four minds on making sure that uh, we're doing everything that we want to be doing. So I hope you're comfortable with that as well. And the purpose is, obviously, if you have any concerns, you feed them through Councillor Barker. In our in your Conservative case, Councillor Barker. Well, not that this is political, so you can feed them through anybody, actually. Uh, but there are, you, you, you know, there are there are folk there that, that you can bring your concerns to, so that, uh, that there's no element of people being dissatisfied about what's going on, because there'll be full transparency and an opportunity to keep challenging the process. 
So hopefully that will be a, a good addition. We also obviously talked about uh, member briefings and um, there will be a number of those starting on February the 1st so that uh, members who ultimately will be making the decision about uh, what they want to present to the inspector uh, are, are, are fully aware at each stage. Councillor Redfern. Sorry, if I, could, if I this is more perhaps to um, Mr Harborough or uh, our Chief Executive. Um, so we'll have a formulation of the plan and sort of timetable as it goes along. Can we get um, a sooner rather than later an idea of when members' workshops will be during that period? Because I think maximum attendance is so important and we do all have busy diaries, but it is disappointing when we don't get enough people. I just thought, even if we could put some dates in that you think would be right, and if they turn out to be wrong, maybe we could change them, but at least there's a chance we might get more people or more members from all parties attending when they are on. But it's, it's just a suggestion, really. Thank you. Um, of, of course, once we've got the final project plan, which in part relies on the uh, consideration of the Regulation 18 preferred options that the leader has just referred to. Uh, we're awaiting some confirmation of timescales on some pieces of work. We can put together the project plan. We'll bring the LDS obviously through Cabinet. But as part of that, then obviously the route is clear at which point information needs to be shared, when we'll be ready. As you say, we'll pencil in some dates that we would hope members could hold and then we can finalise those nearer the time but you're absolutely right to get this through and to ensure that members feel confident and capable of talking about and uh, owning the plan at the end uh, we'll ensure that that happens Good, if there are no other points there's not a vote on this matter so um, I'll now move on to item 11 which is the Voluntary Sector Grants Award and uh, call upon Councillor Wells Thank you. Councillor Howell. Um, I attended and participated in the presentations in November. I, I found them very, very impressive. I have to say that the, the organisations that presented to us do tremendous work, and I am very proud of the work that the, the support we at Uttlesford provide. Um, it's a very important aspect of the work that we do. I know that the papers come to Cabinet in the past that shows compared to many local authorities, we or a number of local authorities, we, we contribute a very significant and a larger percentage of our budget perhaps than the many local authorities do. I think it's important that we give visibility to those organisations and we also seek to ensure that um, 
we can demonstrate a return for the money that we do give to these organisations. Um, I'm delighted to see that we continue to fund Citizens Advice Bureau, Home Start, Volunteer at Uttlesford, and the integrating role that it performs, and also Action for Families. The other organisations that we support, I think, play in their own way very important uh, roles within, within our district. Um, I'm very pleased that we're able to support um, the Citizens Advice Bureau in East Hearts as well as our own here in Uttlesford, and I think this is a very welcome paper. Thank you. It's always, I mean, a bit like the National Health Service. Um, if you could spend more, uh, you would, but uh, uh, there does need to be some kind of, but uh, we're going to spend more next year than we did last year, so that's, we're in the right direction. And as uh, Councillor Howells referred to, some of those key organisations that are crucial to the welfare of our residents, um, we have been able to support. Any further comments? Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. A couple of points, if I may. Um, one, that in one of the um, appendices there, the, the, there's the Dunmore Maltings Preservation Trust. That struck me as a, a radically different sounding organisation to the, to the others, and I just wondered what, what the background was to that. Yeah, and uh, I think everybody made that comment. Um, first of all, I'll deal with why we give them money. Um, because they, uh, it was a major transformation program, as you may well know from that Maltings, and is now used uh, as, as a Dunmo museum. Um, and uh, as you'll also be aware, the council is supportive of the Saffron Walden Museum. Um, so there is a degree of balance in terms of um, its support throughout the district. So that's that's why, and it's you know it's a very good facility and is is well used by the. Dumbo community. However, it doesn't naturally fit into this group. We absolutely agree with you. So um, it will be, we're not, the money won't change, but it will come out of a different pot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the second point then was uh, obviously the CAB do a, a tremendous amount of work all around the country. Uh, it's a, a highly significant part of the overall budget. I just wonder whether there are any comparators on this and whether we were broadly in line with, uh, with what similar authorities do? Um, I, I haven't got to hand, I don't know whether Councillor Wells has, a comparative sized um, council in terms of how much they fund. I mean bigger councils do support it more. What I can uh, tell you is uh, the point that Councillor Howell made, which is that proportion to our income, our support of the voluntary sector is, I think, the best in Essex. Um, so within that, I think pro rata, we probably are pretty generous. But specifically on the CAB, um, I, I, I can't answer compared to other, other organisations, because obviously uh, some of the very large councils, um, particularly the ones down south with some more deprivation than we have um, do rely quite heavily on their CAB. Not that we don't. I mean, I'm I just wondered whether it might be an important tool in, uh, in making the allocation next time to un understand what Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Be. Perhaps we could uh, look into what other group so we can get some kind of benchmarking. Yes, I was, I was just going to add that I mean, on some of them we did have comparisons and we were significantly more generous but we not, nothing specific to CAB but we looked at all these really on what they gave to the communities of Uttlesford. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, but we'll, we'll get that information. Good, thank you. Uh, that was, uh, as you say, for noting. Okay, so um, there, that brings us to item 12. Uh, any items which the chairman considers to be urgent? And I don't have any. So we now go into a part two session. So the hundreds of members of the public uh, will now need to leave. And we'll, uh, we can carry on with our microphones.